Mark chapter 10, uh, verse 46, let us stand. So they came to Jericho, and as he went out to Jericho with his disciples and a great number of people, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the highway's side begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and saying, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And many charged him that he should hold his peace, but he cried the more a great deal, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood, stood still and commanded him to be called, and they called the blind man, saying unto him, Be of good comfort, rise, he calleth thee. And he, casting away his garment, rose and came to Jesus. And Jesus answered and said unto him, What wilt thou have that I should do unto thee? The blind man said unto him, Lord, that I may receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, Go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus in the way. Let us pray. Father, we just thank you this, Lord, this morning, Lord. Touch our hearts, open our minds to receive the words that you have received. Empty myself and fill me with thy spirit. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. You may be seated. Uh, Friday I got to go over to the uh, Winterfest and work over to Winterfest, uh, the DAV, to make stew. And once you get the pot going and got all the things in it, it's always just, just sitting there waiting until it heats up and gets mixed up and all that stuff. But some people came by, and I started talking with them. And we was talking about four guys. We were standing around talking and, and, and just chit-chatting and all that stuff. And all of a sudden, the Bible came up. We got to talking about the Bible. And one of the guys said, uh, uh, I have a problem with the Bible. I said, what do you mean you have a problem with the Bible? He says, well, and he brought this story up, blind Bartimaeus. He said, uh, I have family members that are sick, and they cry out, and nothing happens to them. They don't get healed. I said, well, where's their faith at? Well, they go to church all the time. And uh, they're in the doors, and they, they, they have faith. I said, well, not everybody gets a physical healing. It would be more important to get a spiritual healing. But when he said that, it hit me, and so I, I, I got home. I, I pondered on it, and I was sitting there, and got to looking and thinking. I got to reading it again. I got to looking at it. You know what? Really, if people are sick and they cry out, why is that? And here you get healed. We don't see that that much no more. And I said, there's got to be a reason why. There's got to be something that happens. And I believe I found it. I believe I found it. And I believe it'll, it'll help you today, and I know it will. This is a great story. I, I, I love how stories have a happy ending. Too many of the stories in the Bible... Uh, have sad endings but this story it has a happy ending and I I'm glad of that uh, blind, blind Bartimaeus ends with a man seeing again and let me give you something on the way to the message let me give you some points and stuff out it. we see he he is a victim of circumstances at verse 46 he was blind by birth and his blindness is not by, not his fault uh, this was not a judgment of God. 
There was something that had been done. God had put judgment on him. Can I tell you, sometimes people go through storms. Uh, sometimes they have problems in their life, and it's not their own fault or anything. And sometimes God just allows it to come on you to check your life out. God allows it to see. Uh, we like to point everything out. Like we, we're like Job's friend. Uh, we, we want to point everything out from what you're going wrong. Well, they must have been Baptists. Uh, they said, you've done something wrong. There's a reason why God, that has come upon you. There's a reason why you're always going through that. And they like to point them out. It has nothing to do with you. But everything to do with the person that's going through the storm. The man has a sad start, but it's a beautiful ending. Can I tell you, your life has had a bad start. It can still have a beautiful ending. Your story is still being written. I don't care if you're backslidden from the church member or if you've been your hard heart or you've gotten cold, you're away from God. No matter where you're at, your story's not over with. Let God tell your story. We, we see there's a voice in the crowd in verse 47. Fine blind, blind Bartimaeus was not a quitter. He gets heard. Jesus, uh, thy son of David, have mercy on me. He's stubborn. They're, they're trying to tell him to be quiet. You just, just hold your peace. But he digs in the more. He hangs on. It doesn't matter to him who tries to get him to be quiet. He's going to keep shouting. He, he's hopeful. He believes that Jesus can do something for him. He believes that Jesus can change his life. Then he finally gets help. And I tell you, it is the lie of the devil when he tells you and convinces you to quit calling out, quit praying, quit asking God to help you. You don't see your results right now. It's not fast enough for us. Call unto me and I will answer thee and show you great and mighty things which thou knowest not, the Bible says. Pray without ceasing, the Bible says. Just because you haven't had your answer yet does not mean God is not hearing you. Just keep on praying. Finally, he gets healed. I'm glad there is a healing. And it's just not a healing a hearing, but it's also a healing. We, we see the story, victory through the, his faith in verse 52. Do you need healing today? It comes through faith. Can I tell everyone here that if you know the Lord today, you're going to be healed of every single sickness that your body has this morning. 
We call that a glorified body. You may not get your healing down here, but there's going to be a day we're all going to be healed. I, I love that song. I'm a winner either way, whether I go or whether I stay. I, I'm going to receive my healing. It may not be what I'm looking for, but praise God, there's a glorified body waiting for me. Amen. Picture this story, if you will. Blind Bartimaeus is brought out that morning to beg. He sits down and he has his cloak. I don't have one, but this is good enough. He has his cloak in a desert. If you've ever been in the desert early in the morning, it's not like at 12 o'clock at daytime. In the desert early in the morning, it's cold. 12 o'clock could be 150 degrees, but in the morning time, it's cold. And, and blind, blind Bartimaeus, they bring him out to sit him by the roadside to do his begging and everything. And he's got his cloak there and he's trying to chill him. And, and he's just sitting there just waiting and, he, and he's just listening. And it's early in the morning as he's sitting there, he, he starts to feel the warmness of the sun rise up on his face. Uh, and, and then he gets to start hearing the, the rustle of the town, Jericho, starting to wake up. People starting to stir around and everything. And he knows he's got to start begging because that's his only livelihood. His only way he can get anything is because he's begging. Now, he could have been out there. Some family members could have brought him out there and, and, and put him out there. Or most times, if your family don't have money back in them days, your family don't own land, they just cast you out. He could have been just cast out from his family, and this is the only livelihood that he's got. And that cloak means something. This cloak means something to him. What this cloak means to him, that gives him a license to be a beggar. Amen. This tells people that the government said, hey, uh, this is your license to be a beggar. This thing meant everything to him. It was his livelihood. It kept him warm. It was everything he needed in his life. And he used it. And every city had a different color that they used. It identified them that this man had a need. And he was sitting there. And he start begging. He hears the people coming around. Then he hears Jesus is coming. How does he hear Jesus is coming? Noisy Christians. Amen. They, they hear the people coming and Jesus doing things and he, he hears these Christians talking about Jesus. Can I say this this morning? We ought to become noisy Christians today. We ought to be telling everybody that Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. That's what they were saying. Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. That's what we should be telling everybody today. Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. Because He is coming. We, we should do the same thing. Yeah. Amen. It's a shame that we come to the house of God and shout and praise God and everything inside the house of God, but when we walk outside the door, we can't do nothing. Amen. We say nothing. 
But oh, you go to a ball game. You're shouting praise and everything else for the teams. Amen, I'm just telling you. But we sit down and be a total stranger sitting beside of us and we will open not our mouths and tell them there is a Savior that loves them and there's a Savior that's coming back to get them. We won't say nothing to nobody. Amen. We ought to become noisy Christians. Let people know Jesus is coming back. Don't... It may hurt your feelings, but if you don't believe it, you're not going to tell somebody. Amen. I I believe it. I believe it's coming back. And he hears Jesus is traveling through. He hears Jesus traveling through. Blind Bartimaeus. Would not keep quiet. He would not quit. So, so they bring him to Jesus. That's where the earthly meets the heavenly. But can I tell you, when Jesus passes by, things change in your life. And, and just for a few minutes, I'm not going to keep it long. I promise you, I will not keep it long this morning. Just for a few minutes, I want to give you. Uh, how God can help our country, how God can help our churches, and how God can help your homes, and how God can help your life with a spiritual healing this morning. First, he confesses his situation to Jesus. One minute this man is sitting here begging, and they're telling, Behold his peace, keep quiet. Can I tell you, that's the world telling us to do today. Keep quiet. I I don't want to hear what you got. I I don't want to hear Jesus. I I don't want to hear the Bible. I don't want to hear a sermon from you today. Just just hold your peace. Uh, uh, Let me tell you what, they're starting to ban the Word of God on a lot of things. Uh, uh, They're starting to ban the Word of God on Facebook because it upsets people. I I learned Friday night uh, uh, that the army chaplains now are restricted. They cannot preach in the name of Jesus. I've got problems with that. And the reason why, because the name of Jesus offends a lot of people that's in the military. Our country is is survived by them and protected by them, but yet they will not let you preach about Jesus. Thank God I don't have any restrictions. I'm going to preach about Jesus. I'm going to tell the world about Jesus. You'll try to quiet me down. You'll try to shut me up. But I'm telling you, Jesus is coming back. Oh, you can talk about sin. You can talk about adultery. You can talk about all the things you want to talk, but boy, you cannot say Jesus. Mm, That just felt good. I just, Jesus, just just Jesus, that that felt good. I'm telling you what, I'm about to have a spell here talking about Jesus. I I, I find that we live in a country today that don't want a choice of Jesus. 
But this story gets escalated. Be quiet. Be quiet. Was the world saying, be quiet. We don't want to hear about it. The first thing that happened, he knows who Jesus is. He knows that thou the son of David. He knew he was the Messiah. He knew that he was not a choice. But Jesus was the choice. He knew that Jesus was not some lucky rabbit's foot. Now you've run into a three foot rabbit. It wouldn't be so lucky to him. He knew Jesus was the only one. But that's how we treat God. Well, I'll use God when I need Him. I'll use God as something lucky on my side. You don't use God like that. We need God in our lives. He realized that Jesus was the only one that could help him. Do you realize this morning that Jesus is the only one that can help you this morning? I promise you this. I promise you this. When America gets in trouble, they run back to the church. But as as soon as everything is over with, as soon as money's back in the bank account and food's on the table, they go right back out into the world. marriage is broken up your life's a shambles you come to the church God repairs it gets it right and next thing you know they're right back into the world we just use God to get us by for the next day the problem is the problem is We don't know that Jesus is the only way. We don't know that he's the only way. We say it, but we don't live it. He knows who he is. Blind, broken, burdened, unclean, worthless. He has nothing to offer. I mean he is completely destitute of hope and help. The disciples were on their way to the Passover and they were so busy they didn't want to bother with someone that might cause them to be unclean. Can I tell you, sometimes we're so busy trying to help get our way to heaven that there's some unclean person sitting beside us lost and undone, dying and going to hell. A needy person And we run right by them. Instead of taking the time to tell them there is someone that can help your situation, there is someone that can help your problem. See, the disciples missed the whole point. They missed out on everything. I love how he was willing to cause a scene to stop being unclean. I know some people wonder why the same people keep coming to the altar all the time. And they never been to the... 
altar yet. There's some sitting in the church that's never been the altar. And I realize that some people say, well, I, I, there's got to be something wrong with those people because they always come into the altar. And can I say the, the best place to come to the day in the church is at the altar because that's where you can get a hold of Jesus Christ in your life. It doesn't matter what's going on in your life. I find that whatever's going on in your life, the altar is the place that you can get it right in your life. But there's too many people sitting in the churches looking at people going to the altar all the time and saying, boy, their lives must be really a wreck. Thank God. My life can be a wreck, but it can get all right down here. The problem is you sit back there and you never come to the altar and you've got problems and you don't want to get it fixed. I'm telling you. He, he, he was not going to be held down. I love how he caused the problem. If you're not willing to walk the aisles to have your life changed, you're not ready to have your life changed. Can I say you've got to get in step with the master to get your life changed? I read this story, the Metropolitan Opera. This man said, I'll give you $10 million if you bring that Russian ballet dancer, Breshkinov, I think it was, Mikhail Breshkinov. And he'd come over to perform in the New York Met. So they brought him over, and he didn't bring his regular dancing partner. And he brought him to the States, and uh, he was going to perform there. And he could have chose from any other uh, dancer in there to, to be his dance partner. And I mean, there were some great ballet dancers. I don't like men in tights, so I, I, don't, I don't do offers. But he, he had his choice from any one of them. But the one he chose was an uncommon. She didn't have background. She wasn't that good. And the writers start telling him, say, hey, he's chose the wrong one. He's making a, a, a theatrical of this. He, he, he's not going to be right. But, but on the day of this dancing recital, when he came to the uh, opera and everything, and they start dancing, the, the writer said, he almost did not recognize that woman when she was dancing with him. He looked at his friend and says, why is that? And he made this statement. When you're dancing with the master, it changes everything about you. Can I tell you, when you get to dancing with the master, it'll change the way you walk. It'll change the way you live. It'll change the way you talk. You got to start dancing with the master. Problem is, we don't want to dance with the master. We don't want to dance with him. Oh, we want him when we got problems. But if you ever get partnered up with a master, everything in your walk will change. Everything in your life will change. It'll be different in your life. Just get a hold of master. Get a hold of master. This is the most amazing thing here. 
Now remember the cloak was his license. I told you this is his license. This gives him permission to be a beggar. He used, he'll sit on it during the daytime and they'd come by and cast the money. And, and, and this right here was his livelihood. It was everything. It meant everything to him. But when he yelled and cried out to Jesus, Thou Son of David, have mercy on me. And when they brought him to Jesus, what does the Bible said? He cast his garment. That hit me. Oh, everything that it meant to him, his livelihood, his world, his license and everything, it meant everything to him. The Bible said he cast it. Now the Bible did not say, he said, hold guys, hold this for me. Because if Jesus can't heal me, I'm going to have to have it back. He, he didn't fold it up and lay it aside and say, well, if, if Jesus can't touch my eyes and I can't see, I, I have to have it back. No. I don't need that no more. I got Jesus. I, I, I don't want that no more. I, I've got Jesus. Yeah, come on, come on. What is your cloak? What are you holding back? What are you refusing to let go? What are you refusing to throw aside and say, hey, I don't need that no more. I don't want that no more. It may be drugs. It may be alcohol, pornography, whatever it is. You just hold it on to it. Your life is a wreck. But you'll hold on to that cloak. A shambles in your hold on to that cloak. Sickness in your hold on to that cloak. Cast it aside. I don't need it no more. I got Jesus. I got Jesus. I'm telling you, whatever is in your life that's holding you down, that's keeping you from getting what God wants to give you, cast it aside. Cast it aside. The rich young ruler. It was money. He could not cast it aside. He desired to be wealthy. Can I tell you that's not only in the church world today, but that's also in the pastor world today. The first question they asked, how much you pay? How much you give him? That, that's going on in the church world today. We see that. Nicodemus came by night because he didn't want to be seen. He didn't want to be seen. Demas left because of the love of the present world. Judas, it was pride, money, fear. Amon, it was his friends. They would not cast these things aside. I don't care what you're holding on into your life, but until you cast it aside, Jesus cannot help you. 
It, it, I'm, I'm amazed. Get this picture. Here he is with his cloak. If he had got up and put this cloak on like this and walked over to Jesus, that's telling Jesus to his face, you can't do nothing for me. I'm going to hold on to this because I know what <laughs> I know what this can do for me. I, I know how this treats me. I know what this gives me. But see, it's not healing you. It's not healing you. Because you're holding on to it. But when he cast that garment to the side, he threw it to the side and said, hey, I'm going to get my healing. I'm going to get my healing. I'm telling you what, if you've got something going on in your life this morning, the best place to be is the altar. There was a young boy that lived in Illinois in the 20s. He, he was the smartest one in his family, and he had a desire to go to college. The problem was his mom and daddy were broke, poor. And, and, it, and it came to his mama, when he got old enough, says, I need $20 to register for the college. She said, well, we'll see what we're going to do. She was a piano teacher. So she took on an awful lot more customers to teach piano but still could not raise the $20. He was sad. He was upset. But he came home one day, and his father come running out of the house, shouting and screaming at him, hugged him, and laughed. He said, Here, here's a $20 bill. Go, you're going to college. And he's, he got all happy. He said, go on and tell your mama how happy you are. He goes in there and hugs his mama in the kitchen, swirls around and goes into the dining room, and that's where her grand piano was. And his mama, where's your piano at? Well, I sold it. Got $20 for it. He said, Mama, that was the most precious thing in your life. He said, she said, oh, no, son. You're the most precious thing in my life. Can I ask you this? Is Jesus the most precious thing in your life? Because you are the most precious thing in his life. Amen. I'm just... Mm, 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 mm. he concedes to follow Jesus I love this immediately when he sees he follows Jesus now that would not have been me if that would have been me I'd have ran back to my home where my mom and daddy was that kicked me out on the streets because I was blind. I'd have popped up in there and said, hey, hey, look at me now. I can see. I'd have went to my school where I was blind, where none of them girls would go out with me. <laughs> say, hey, hey, look at me, I can see. And I'm glad I can because some of you I wouldn't want to went out with you anyway. <laughs> Because you're a whole lot prettier by the hand than you are by the side. Amen. That, that would not have been me. I, and, no, the Bible says immediately when he sees, he starts following Jesus. 
I remember the day that I was down in the pits of hell. I was buried, dying, going to hell, sin written, broken back. I didn't have no hope. I had nothing going on in my life. But Jesus reached down and picked me up and gave me sight. And immediately when I saw, I saw him and I started following him. Who are you following today? Amen. Praise God. I think I'll preach a while. Who are you following today? You have sometimes were far off, made nigh by the blood of Christ. We were brought up to God, close to God, close to Jesus. Bible said, in whom God of this God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not. As soon as we see, we see Jesus. The first thing that he sees, he sees Jesus. What are you seeing? Who are you following? If you read the verses prior to that, there was two other blind men in this chapter you two other blind men yeah the sons of Zebedee they came to him and said hey I want to be on the right and the left they were blind they were blind spiritually they couldn't see this man Barnabas saw more spiritually blind than any one of them because he knew. He knew who Jesus was. He saw clearly. I, I, I've told you I've run marathons before. When you run marathons, it really takes a toll on your body. Anybody ever done any bit of running? <laughs> Anybody ever run to the back of the church? <laughs> 26 miles, it will take a toe on your body. It'll cause you to just, just give up everything about you. You want to just collapse. They, they have people at the end of the line, at the finish line, when you're running, because they know exactly what it takes to get 26 miles. It's some wear and tear on your body that you just ready to just fall down because your body becomes jelly and it just, it just wears you out. And they got people that crosses the line. We're right across that finish line. They call them catchers. Because they know that when you come in, you're, if you just stop, you're going to fall. And what they do is you're running across the line, they start running beside you and grab a hold of you to keep you from falling. Because you know you're going to have damaged. Can I tell you this this morning? You come to the altar this morning, and Jesus is the catcher. He will keep you from falling. I don't care where you're at in your life. I don't care what's going on in your life. You say, Lord, I just want to come down and say, hey, I've got this going on. I'm just going to lay it at the altar. I want you to take care of it. I'm going to be like blind Bartimaeus. I'm going to cast everything to the side. I'm going to let you catch me. But are you willing? Are you willing this morning? Say, Lord, here I am. 
I, I'm willing to give up all the stuff that has got in my life that's made me a wreck and made me a mess, and I'm going to fall into your arms. I'm going to cast that addiction aside, that pride aside, that cynical mind aside. I, I'm just going to cast it aside because I know you can heal me. I know you can heal me. Let us stand this morning.